Hello, everyone. Welcome to Creation.Live. In each episode of this show, ICR scientists gather with subject matter experts, apologists, and other special guests to discuss pressing issues, whether that be ICR's current research, something new that's come to light in the scientific community, or something else entirely that ultimately impacts how science points to our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that these conversations are enlightening and encouraging in an increasingly chaotic world. I'm your host, Trey, and I have with me today uh, my other host, Lauren, and I have paleobiochemist, Dr. Brian Thomas. Hello. And geologist, Dr. Timothy Clary. Hello. Thank y'all so much for being here today. My pleasure. It's his pleasure, too. It's our, yeah. It is our pleasure. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk about a topic that is kind of in the limelight recently uh, for the past several years. And it's something that I know that Dr. Thomas is uh, very involved with. So we're going to be talking about soft tissue and other materials in, in fossils. Um, so the evolutionary theory uh, makes the claim that fossils, these, these bones in the ground that have, I guess, since turned to stone more or less are really old. Uh, what are these fossils and how old do evolutionists say they are? Well, a whole range of millions and tens of millions, and some are deemed hundreds of millions of years old. And uh, that's, that's what I was taught you know, when I was a kid. It's like these, these are no longer, like the original bone is, is all gone. Uh, did you hear that growing up? Yeah, you, you hear that a lot, complete what they call petrification or permineralization. There's yeah. different you know, degrees of it. But essentially, they teach you that everything's been replaced by groundwater percolating through, dissolves out the minerals, replaces with new minerals. And that very replacement process, I was taught, takes eons. Mm. Yeah, millions of years. Right. Everything gets the idea of old, old, old. Mm-hmm. You know, millions of years, nothing happens quickly. So that's the mainstream interpretive filter that's, that we, you know, whenever we look at a rock layer, boom, we associate it with millions or tens of millions or more years and whenever we look at the fossils that are in it same thing and uh but the but but you're about to ask me i think i hope maybe (laughs) about the the details of some of the fossils that are actually in these rock layers and they do not fit the mainstream model of long ages absolutely well i was going to say this millions of years seems to be in contrast with what we read in scripture right Mm -hmm. and so that's a problem wouldn't you say it presents a dilemma uh, because as Christians, we have to make a choice. Uh, am I going to take God's word for what it plainly says about the past in the same way that I took God's word for what it plainly said about my need for a savior, the fact that I'm a sinner, you know, mm-hmm. the gospel? Uh, or am I going to have to say, you know, even though the words say that in Genesis, etc. It can't have meant that. And then am I going to become at that point the, you know, the, the arbiter of, I guess, which verses I take straightforwardly and which verses I don't take straightforwardly. And I think that, I mean, I was one of those Christians who uh, I would look at the Bible and go, well, the Jesus parts, those are the important parts, and I'll believe those parts. And, uh, but the history parts, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go for that. So, But then, like you say, Trey, that forced me to 
that really forced me to confront. I had actually friends pointing this out to me saying, first of all, they're asking me, did you know that there's science to support this, this completely biblical view of, of the history of the world? And then secondly, can you explain to me why biblically you, want, you would treat some verses one way and other verses a different way? And I, he just kept hammering, hammering away. And I just was like, you know what, I, I've got to I've got to retool what I think about this. So that's the dilemma that, that, that confronts us. Are we going to go with what God's Word says or with what mainstream scientists say? Well, it's interesting because the evidence really backs up what the Bible says. Like We don't have to just blindly believe Scripture. It stands on its own two feet. It doesn't need to be proven. But at the same time, the evidence lines up with the realities that Scripture puts forth. Especially this evidence. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So we know that... Several years ago, um, and from my understanding of, of the incident, it was quite by accident, uh, a scientist discovered uh, in this supposedly completely stone fossil uh, tissue, soft tissue. Uh, can you tell us more about that and why that's important? You remember when Where you did, first saw that, that study? Well, I remember I was, I was teaching at a public institution, you know, teaching a dinosaur class, and I telling the students, I said, here they're finding, you know, original proteins in this femur bone of a T-Rex. And it was pretty startling. Even I wasn't, you know, working for a creation ministry at the time. And it was still, how was they explain this? And I didn't have the background like Dr. Brian does in terms of how many, how long these proteins can last or how, how they can't last. But I knew this was something different because as we mentioned earlier, I was always taught these things were totally mineralized. Mm -hmm. You pick up a petrified bone, it's pretty heavy. There's a lot of mineralization in there, a lot of altered, you know, they were altered quite significantly. I never dreamed there'd be original proteins still inside of some of these things. So Mary Schweitzer actually did that. She uh, accidentally, you know, dissolved away too much bone and some acids she was trying to extract. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, you might know more of the details, but she kind of accidentally found all this soft, squishy stuff and said, this can't be right. And so she did it again, she did it again, did it again, and realized that when she did some tests, these things looked like they were real, real, you know, proteins from that T-Rex, which was supposed to be 68 million years old. So you're looking at it was a femur of the thigh bone of a T-Rex that broke open, and she was doing some tests on it, kind of accidentally stumbled upon it and back in 2005. But as Dr. Bryan found out, there was, there was reports of these original proteins even before that, but it never really hit the news. So how yeah. many of those have, because I know that's not the only specimen that Dr. Mary Schweitzer mm -hmm. found. How many specimens do we know of, or even is there a count, that actually have those original proteins in them? Because this is not like an isolated incident, mm -hmm. is it? Not at all. Uh, you know, we thought maybe this is just, maybe it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe they dropped their lunch, mm -hmm. you know, in it's not actually T-Rex. <laughs> roast beef or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of barbecue sauce. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. you know, we all wanted to know, mm -hmm. I think, um, whatever worldview we have, we all wanted to know, uh, is this just a one-off or is there mm -hmm. more? Mm -hmm. So when I began working here at the Institute in 2008 and nine, I had started collecting uh, reports that were coming out in the science journals. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they were reporting on more than just um, that T-Rex. They started mm -hmm. reporting on, and when I say they, I mean uh, researchers from around the world, different labs mm -hmm. and different specimens from Europe. Some, they started coming in from Europe, uh, from um, all over, of course, Western North America, 
South America. And, um, and more and more kept coming in. So I compiled them. By 2013, I had a list of 40 wow. technical journal articles mm-hmm. that had been published in the literature describing blood vessels, connective tissue, mm-hmm. um, proteins uh, integral to the bone, like, for example, bone collagen. That's the protein that sort of holds mm-hmm. bones together uh, in fresh bone. Mm-hmm. But, and that protein falls apart, for, you know, just, just like foods rot you could put it in the fridge and it slows the rotting, but um, this stuff is out there in the wild and uh, it's at whatever temperature is out there and it's not yet fully rotten. It's not yet um, degraded chemically either. And then by 2019, I was able to, to uh, fold in another 50 reports. So we were up to 90. Wow. And we, we compile all these reports on a spreadsheet and it's free online. I guess we can post the URL on the YouTube of this, you know, so everyone can click the little link. But I work with a colleague at a different creation ministry, and he helps keep me accountable to curate the list so that no mistakes get on the list, get posted. And we are up to, drumroll, 122 different uh, reports. So we have stuff from turtles. We have stuff from dinosaur. We have stuff from sponge, you know, fossils from the very bottommost rock layers that have an evolutionary age assignment of over 500 mm-hmm. million years. I think that because we're finding proteins in those fossils, that doesn't last mm-hmm. that long. It doesn't last right. a million years unless you, you know, store it in liquid nitrogen or something. Right. So that begs the question then, how long can these things last? So secular scientists in, in, the, in the 90s um, working in archaeology had already done experiments by artificially decaying bone. And so they would take bone chips, bone powder, um, artificially decay that by increasing the temperature to accelerate what would decay at a normal rate at room temperature or outdoor temperature or an assumed average annual temperature is how they do it. And then they would measure every so often during the experiment, which lasts about two months. The stuff completely decays in almost completely in a couple months. So we're talking about repeatable, Mm -hmm. observable, measurable decay rates for specifically bone collagen, which is insoluble. So you can take bone collagen, pour water on it, and it just rolls right off of the collagen. Mm. It doesn't doesn't get dissolved, which is probably one of the reasons why it does last longer Mm. or can last longer, but it still does not last uh, any, any longer than a million years at assumed reasonable earth surface temperatures. So does that make does that make sense? Does that mm-hmm. answer the question? So it's not like we're looking at a blood vessel and saying this intuitively shouldn't still be here if it's a dinosaur blood vessel. We're saying this shouldn't be here at all because if it's you know seventy million years old as is claimed, because this this material which we've measured over and over cannot last even one million years, um, let alone seventy million. Well, as, as Dr. Brian pointed out, some of these. Proteins are now found in rocks as old as the Cambrian, which is, the, we believe, the earliest flood rocks. And possibly even the Ediacaran, which is right below that, which goes back maybe almost 600 million years, some of these proteins are now being found just recently. But those, you know, how did those things survive that long? It isn't just in dinosaurs. It's in, you know, other organisms that are buried also in the flood. So Ediacaran is just before the Cambrian and in some locations around the world and it's possible that's part of the earliest flood as well, uh, when that when that's exposed. But 
So that so, so that would make it like early in the mm-hmm. flood year, right? Early, maybe early before as the flood year, some of the deposits yeah, it's possible. So so we're talking about the days of Noah, mm-hmm. right? When this stuff is getting deposited, and so that's forty four hundred or so years ago, which is well mm-hmm. within the timeline. Well within the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we know it can last thousands of years. It can even, in theory. At measured decay rates, if you don't let any radiation zap it or germs eat it, it can last several hundred thousand years in theory, some of these proteins. Yeah. I mean, they're really tough. Well, and that's why they kind of attacked Mary Schweitzer when she first reported this. They said, oh, this is contamination or oh, this is just bacterial films that are mimicking these, these structures, these proteins. And so there's a lot of arguments back and forth initially when she published her first paper. Then she went back and other people came back and they showed with with better techniques, that these things are real. These are the real proteins from the T-Rexes, the real proteins from these duck-billed dinosaurs. You know, these things are, are legitimate. But there's still deniers out there in the scientific community. Dr. Brian will tell you there are certain journals that won't publish yeah. articles on these original proteins because they just, to them, it can't be. It sounds completely be. unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Definitely. That sounds like real science to me. Yeah. Yeah, scientists are people too, and we all have biases. So I like being able to work at the Institute for Creation Research where I can say, yes, like everyone else, I have a bias. But unlike everyone else, I know my biases. I've thought mm-hmm. about my bias, and I've evaluated them and decided which bias am I going to adopt. You embrace you know? your bias. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about your bias. What do you think is the bias of those who are denying this research, that are denying that soft tissue even exists in some of these fossils, so that it's faked? What do you think is their bias? What's the motivation behind wanting these to be millions of years old? Well, they need deep time. They need millions and billions of years to give their evolutionary you know, conjectures any chance of actually happening you need this mystery of deep time. So you almost have to have these two pillars. You need deep time and evolution. You can't have one without the other because we don't see evolution happening today. We don't really document it even in the fossil record. It is just a fictitious story they put together to push God out of the picture and come up with their own Because if, if, story. if, if nature did it, if yeah. nature did all the creating, then we don't need a creator right. to do the creating. Right. That's correct. Yeah. And so, but you need both. You need to have a deep time story because you can't have evolution without deep time to kind of hide behind that shroud of deep time. Right. Well, given enough time, this could happen. Given enough time, this could happen. And so they need those millions of years, and they've you know, developed techniques, radiometric dating techniques, to, to show that, oh, you know, these are old. These are millions of years old. But yet when you look at the actual fossils and, like you say, the empirical tests that were done, mm-hmm. you actually see that these there's proteins and structures and blood vessels and things in these fossils that just can't be there. They can't be that old. You can't verify age dates. You can't go back in time and say, okay, this, these are truly dated right as so many millions of years uh, using any of the radiometric techniques because there's no way to go back and verify them, only maybe another technique. And sometimes those line up really, really poorly. And so doing two different radiometric techniques doesn't always give you a consistent age either. But yet they argue that these ages are, are real. They argue these ages are facts and you know, they, they just put them one. out there they don't even give you the plus and minuses which yeah. they should give you when they do these studies but uh, you know to put these numbers out there and then you see these proteins and things that are found in these rocks throughout the fossil record throughout you know all the way back to hundreds of millions of years and it doesn't add up it's interesting i was at a well-respected secular science museum um, somewhere here in the u.s at one point and i went to one of their exhibits and it was talking about um various fossil layers and how we know what the ages are. 
And I asked, they had a docent standing right there um, to answer questions. So I asked her, Docents how do know we it know? All, by the way. Exactly, exactly. Especially Infallible. <laughs> but um, no, I asked her, so this fossil that was found in such and such layer, how do we know that it's actually that old? And she said, well, it's based on the, the layer that mm -hmm. it's in. I'm like, well, how do you know the age of the layer that it's in? She said, well, because the fossils that are in it. Mm -hmm. It's very circular. Yeah, there's some of that, but you know, but it, Throughout, they mixed in, you know, some like there's a lava flow here and there's an ash flow here, and they kind of get a date, and then they have to kind of, well, it's in between these two dates, and so that's how they get those dates. And they, they then they do use the fossils to date things. The certain fossils are found in certain layers. We do see there is a pattern to the fossil record, but we believe that pattern is part of the flood. Yeah, there's different ecological zones were inundated, you buried and and you know preserved different things in the rocks. And so we see a pattern to the to the fossils that it's a global pattern yeah. because it was a global flood. Yeah. Well. So so Lauren asked a question about motivation. Yeah. Uh, do we have time to yeah be answering that because sure. we could do probably a whole episode just on <laughs> just that. Perfection. It's hard Maybe to we like. Will. <laughs> it's hard to get into someone's brain because we are prone as humans and as sinners to deceive ourselves. That's why the New Testament mm -hmm. continuously admonishes even believers: don't deceive yourselves. Don't deceive yourselves. Get back to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Believe your Bible. Uh, consider the words of the prophets and the apostles, you know, Second uh, Peter uh, 3, 1. Speaking of Second Peter 3, he gives us a motive. So we, we, can, we can glean from the Bible a more accurate picture of some of our own motives than we would admit to our own selves. Mm -hmm. And it says right there uh, that in the last days, scoffers will come. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's going to be their motivation? It says scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing at the promise of his coming. Where's the promise of his coming? They're like, Jesus isn't coming back. He, you know, he never judged the world in the past. He's not going to come back and do it again. Uh, and then it says this, for they are willfully ignorant that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were mm -hmm. and the earth. So they're willfully ignorant of creation. In other words, why are they willful in their ignorance? Why, why do we deceive ourselves into thinking that there's no creator. Well, the Lord Jesus told us it's because their deeds were evil. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's when I do bad things, I don't. I feel uncomfortable with the idea of a creator getting all up in my business. They don't want to be accountable. Mm -hmm. Don't want to be accountable. It's a moral issue, not an intellectual one. Oftentimes mm -hmm. it may be a moral issue according to the scripture. Yeah. So we ought to consider that as a possibility for some folks. Yeah. Another motivation I've thought about is just, I want to have friends. <laughs> I want to be cool. How's and it working for you? It's not working well at all. I work at the Institute for Creation <laughs> Research. <laughs> you know, I think you're cool. So, yes, yeah. you're very cool, Brian. Thanks, man. Well, well especially <laughs> in, in geology, it's it's so much easier to just succumb to the old ages and, and you know the different environments of deposition and all these different things. And people argue, well, you can't find oil. You can't do these things if you don't believe this stuff. I'm like, well, the oil's still there, whether you believe it's thousands of years old or you know millions of years old. And oil is the same sort of thing. Oil should decay away too. It can't be that old just like these proteins we find in the fossils. Oil is, you know, they call it a fossil fuel for a reason. It comes from fossil plankton, fossil algae buried during the flood, and then it gets kind of cooked by the earth, and we get these liquid crude oil, they call it, but that biodegrades. It's eaten up by bacteria that's in the groundwater and just can't survive for millions of years. So even the oil is another indicator that the world is younger, the rocks are younger than we thought uh, in terms of the flood rocks. But as a petroleum mm -hmm. geologist, mm -hmm. which you you spent time in that industry, 
uh, I mean, wasn't there tension professionally? It's like yeah. he, Clary, he's yeah. he's uh, he's not cool like us yeah. because he's crazy. He, he's yeah. crazy. He believes uh, that the oil is recent. What? Well, I talked to a few colleagues once they knew me a little bit. You know, I didn't blurt it out there too much because they would say that. But you know, they're 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 caught up. They used to tell us these oils are 100 million years old, or these are 150 million year old oil, and as if the oil is just sitting there waiting for us to tap into it. But I. It doesn't last that long. You put yeah. oil out in your shed for 20 years and then try to use it, it's not going to run well. Hmm. Underground, there's still bacteria. Underground, right. there's still, it's just a little slower decay process. But most oil we do produce is biodegraded to some degree, some of them more than others. Uh, like the tar sands are heavily biodegraded. Hmm. But others, even the, the liquid oil in Wyoming is heavily biodegraded as well. It's very thick oil. Uh, it's a... Uh, you know, they, they measure it by this gravity, but it's it's thicker than most oils because it's been more biodegraded. As you break it down, the, what's left is closer and closer to tar, and even that eventually will de- degrade away as well. I think I we see idea. something similar with mm-hmm. fossils, bringing mm-hmm. this back around to the actual topic of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> was there a time? Don't let him start talking about oil. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Oh, man. Hey, that was fascinating. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll talk yeah. for millions of years. West Texas. Hey, thousands, <laughs> thousands of years. <laughs> but you do Texas. see fossils where, like you're saying with the oil, mm-hmm. the tissue is all gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the bone has been mostly replaced mm-hmm. by a mineral. Yeah. The pore spaces get filled up with mineral. That's per-mineralization. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you have mineralization where the actual original bone gets replaced mm-hmm. by mineral too. And so there's some fossils that mm-hmm. are like that. It's the, all, you, all you have is the shape of the original mm-hmm. bone. The original material is gone. Whether it's a biological mm-hmm. protein or biological mineral, which is called bioappetite, mm-hmm. so it makes your bones hard, mm-hmm. um, that could be gone too. But that's not the interesting fossil to me. The interesting mm-hmm. fossils are the ones, you know, like uh, like when you look at oil, you, mm-hmm. you're still pu- you put oil in a microscope, mm-hmm. you could see chlorophyll. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't see it in the microscope, but you could do tests. Mm-hmm. It's got chlorophyll still in it. Oh, that should have biodegraded mm-hmm. yeah. uh, long ago. Similarly, you're looking at in your microscope at some of these fossils and you're seeing branching tubes with that are blood vessels. Mm. They're tubes with branch. I mean, that's blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And then you sequence it, run it through a protein sequencing um, instrument and you're getting collagen protein sequence. And we know that that's what blood vessels and skin are made of is collagen. Collagen is also embedded in the bone tissue itself. Um, and so in some of these samples, it looks really freshly deposited. And it really does fit the thousands, not millions, years ago depositional model that the Bible suggests. If we just take its words at face value, the creation really did happen. Flood really did happen, despite the scoffers in the last mm-hmm. days who are willfully ignorant of these things, these miracles. They actually did happen. And now we, we're looking at oils mm-hmm. and we're looking at blood vessels and other tissues uh, that are still in these uh, in these fossils deposited like these animals catastrophically flooded covered with sediment rapidly covered and then soon dried out so that we can see their remains today awesome. and, and in where you find a lot of these fossils are very harsh environments it isn't like they're you know nice 25 degrees Celsius perfect conditions that they study these under these are Montana Mongolia you know very harsh really high temperatures in the summer really low temperatures in the winter snow and rain melt, everything's soaking through. And they're, you know, at the surface or pretty close to the surface, so right. which is also breaking down these proteins uh, you know, all the more rapidly. It's not like they were stuck in a freezer mm-hmm. so that they could live so long. Only in the winter. Survive. And yeah. then in the summer, they thought right. every, every year goes through that cycle. <laughs> right. So these things are going through extreme temperature changes. Uh, 
unless you know they're not buried deep enough to actually be protected from that many times they're pretty close to the surface for at least the last few centuries yeah if not the last few thousand years even well that leads me to so we've talked about blood vessels we've talked about collagen mm-hmm. uh soft tissue is kind of a broad mm-hmm. topic or it's, it's, it seems like a broad term mm-hmm. what kinds of things are we seeing other than blood vessels and collagen okay blood vessels and collagen and i'll let you extend the list first and if you have any to add to that, then I'll <laughs> extend to your I extended list. I don't know if I know enough of the actual protein names to extend the list at all. But other than what he said, you know, he talked about blood cells. Uh, some of the red blood cells aren't really, they call them red blood cell-like things. But they're finding hemoglobin, which is part of the red blood cell. They're finding uh, the collagen, like Dr. Brian mentioned. And, uh, they're finding actual, you know, confirming blood vessels. They find the osteocyte which are the bone-making cells. And I forget the term for all those little legs that come out that are still, many of them are still touching each other from cell to cell to cell wrapped in the bone. Hmm. Which to me is amazing that you can still see the nucleus in the cells. It's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. Uh, and then there's other proteins that are similar to cholesterol. They just found recently in those rocks that are supposedly close to 600 million years old. Uh, but uh, you can... List the other That's good. Yeah, 400, so. 400 things that you, you <laughs> can rattle off. That's a few of them. I've learned a few things from this. Yeah. Good. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm I can glad learn. that you got mm-hmm. the osteocytes. You made them proud. That was, that Oste- was a good osteocytes word. are they're, they're impressive. Looking. Whole cells yeah. you just dissolve away. In a, so in, in fresh bone, mm-hmm. these cells are like embedded in solid bone. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're the ones that are making the bone and re, re, reshaping our bones our whole lives. As soon as you die, the bone cell's dead, but it's got like this hard bone tomb that it's that it's encased in and and that's probably why you see osteocytes but even at that even with that hard job mm-hmm. there's uh there's ways for water molecules air to get in there there's no such thing as a hermetic rock there's no such thing as a hermetic fossil none of them are hermetically sealed there there's always access through fissures mm-hmm. joints um porous mm-hmm. structures there's always access for for um Chemistry to, to, to exchange. So well, we learned in school there's groundwater everywhere, mm. yeah. and that's one of the problems I have with saying that we can date this rock using these isotopes and this you know decay from parent to daughter. It's been altered, you know, for a few say millions of years. It's been altered for millions of years. Well, we believe thousands, but you know they they can't make these hermetically sealed areas and close them off like a closed system. Uh, that just that's not reality something will degrade it one way or the other yeah yeah so these processes are decaying the the organics but still we have well there's lots of proteins they even have just in 2020 they started to publish dna Mm -hmm. there's these little special cells called chondrocytes that help make uh, cartilage Mm -hmm. and like this stuff makes up your ear so these cells chondrocytes they found them in chinese uh, fossils Mm -hmm. and they opened them up and looked inside and there's chondrocytes, and they stained the cells and found that the nuclei of these fossil cells still absorb the stain. Now, what is it that's in a nucleus that absorbs these stains? Class, it's DNA. Yeah. DNA molecules yeah. absorb, absorb these particular dyes, and then they pop out in the microscope images. And they published this in standard scientific journals. So we have DNA inside a nucleus, which is inside a cell, which is inside a fossil, which is inside a rock layer, which is inside China, which is on Earth. It makes the place look pretty young mm-hmm. um, if you've got DNA. Because proteins, yeah, uh, that can last hundreds of thousands of years in theory, uh, some of these proteins. But we're finding, like you said, mm. 
hemoglobin, they've published elastin, laminin, ovalbumin, different proteins that they're using specific chemistry tests for finding these proteins that bacteria don't make, by the way, but vertebrates do make, right. so that you would expect these to be in animal carcasses. And then now we've got DNA. Wow. So because DNA doesn't last as long as these proteins do. Right. It's even shorter lived. So we've talked about all these different areas um, where proteins are showing up, that these tissues are showing up. What is the explanation given by those who still hold that these things are from millions of years ago? Because clearly mm -hmm. these things can't last that long. Mm -hmm. And I know some are just saying, oh, it's a mistake in the testing. Mm -hmm. But you're saying that other people are actually publishing this in journals, like in mainstream scientific journals and publications. What's the explanation given by them to explain this? Because there's really no reasonable explanation other than this is a whole lot younger than we think. So there's a circular logic that I've seen in the literature. Um, and the circularity goes something like this. Uh, pr premise one, this fossil is you know, 70 million years old. Uh, premise two, we have observed blood vessels or fill in the blank with whatever soft tissue you want. Mm -hmm. We've observed protein, we've observed DNA, whatever it is. Uh, there, and then the conclusion follows, since it's 70 million years old, and since it has this material in it, conclusion, the material must be that old, mm -hmm. you see. So um, even though we know it can't be. Mm -hmm. See, that's where we would add another premise in there right. that would throw a wrench in the works. So if you added that third premise, which comes from repeated lab bench studies, fossils this many millions of years old, soft tissue is in there. Um, premise number three, this tissue does not last more than a million years. Conclusion, something's wrong with premise one, two, or right. three, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we are able, because we have a biblical worldview, to think outside of that circular box, that circular circle. Um, and so we're able to go, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I'm willing to challenge premise number mm -hmm. one. Maybe it's not as old as mainstream scientists insist. Now, the consequence of me thinking in those terms is I'm not going to be cool. No friends. No, no friends yeah. for you. No, I have to find friends like him. Yeah. You know? yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. We well, love you too. That, thank you. Well, that, excludes, <laughs> that excludes uh, yeah, evolution if, if it's young. So exactly. Again, you need those two pillars. Right. Yeah. And, and what, they're, what they're saying now in some of the, the geology textbooks I've seen recently is they're now including a new category called chemical fossils. They used to talk about preserve things, you know, like an amber and things like that, but now they're talking about chemical fossils. And they're, you know, a lot of times they'll admit that these are real, but they'll say, well, we just don't understand how they were preserved. And we know they're still 70 million years old, or they're still, you know, hundreds of millions of years old. We just don't understand how they're preserved. Mm. And so they'll acknowledge it, but they won't really address the question of, like you say, maybe these really aren't as old as we thought. That, is it like that a we'll figure it out later? That's never brought up. Pardon me? Is it like a we'll figure it out later, I guess? Yeah, it's kind of we'll figure it yeah. out. You know, yeah. It's like we don't know how they're preserved, but isn't this great? You know, this is really cool stuff. We're finding original proteins. And so the people that embrace it are saying that, but they still will not, you know, put even a chink in their armor of the old age. They need mm -hmm. that. They need those millions of years mm -hmm. because they believe in evolution. Got to have it. But they, you know, what does the Bible talk about? The genealogies are in there for a reason. Mm -hmm. They tell us they're specific known. ages. Right? Yeah, they, they give us specific ages. You can add them up, and you get a pretty pretty close number. So just thousands of years, six thousand years old or thereabouts is what we believe at ICR is when the Earth was created. Yeah. That was in the beginning. Now we should admit that they that the um, mainstream, some of them, the few who are brave enough, mm -hmm. and I respect them for mm -hmm. doing this, bold enough. Mm -hmm. 
to ask the question, how can we get this stuff to last mm -hmm. orders of magnitude longer mm -hmm. than we know it can last mm -hmm. based on lab bench decay rate studies? And so they've come up with a few hypotheses mm -hmm. and tested them a little bit. But none of their hypotheses have been tested using those same lab bench decay rate studies. They're all like, look, we found this polymer. Mm -hmm. And so when we see the soft tissues, it's all, it's all this polymer. In other words, it's not actually the protein. It's this protein that has been somehow modified mm -hmm. into a more resistant, longer-lasting substance, this polymer. Mm -hmm. That's one of the hypotheses that's out there. Okay, fine. But A, they're not sequencing your polymer <laughs> when they yeah. do these sequences. They're actually finding ovalbumin, mm -hmm. keratin sequence, mm -hmm. uh, a collagen sequence. No, so it's in, in other words, it's the, pro, it's the chemical of the proteins. It's the original protein chemistry that they're sequencing, and that's mm -hmm. like the gold standard of detection. It's actually there. It's you actually can't there. Get around that. It's not the polymer that you're saying it is. Yeah. Like, like this one, you may have found polymer or whatever, but second, great, you found a polymer. How long can your polymer last? Mm -hmm. Like they haven't done the lab bench decay mm -hmm. rate studies on that polymer. Mm -hmm to see if it can last any longer than collagen can already last. Lots of assumptions. Lots of assumptions. Well, you can maybe help explain this a little bit better, but one of the things, maybe you don't want me to bring this up, but one of the articles I read sometimes they'll throw, they'll say, well, Mary Schweitzer showed that if you bathe these things in an iron solution, they're going to be preserved. And mm -hmm. She did a, a two-year study, I think it's lasted a little longer now, uh, of using ostrich blood vessels, I think it was. But uh, it really wasn't a very long-term study, and, and there's some other issues as well, which maybe you can explain a little more thoroughly. But I've seen people throw that back kind of in our faces. Though. Well, look, you know, there's, there's a study that shows these can be preserved for millions of years. But in reality, it, it kind of falls flat. Maybe you can do a little it, better explanation it, than I can it do. It does. We don't, that's, so that's another model. Maybe you, if you dump a bunch of iron, you know, on, onto your, say, blood vessels, you can get those blood mm -hmm. vessel proteins to sort of link to one another mm. uh, and make a more resistant substance that might last mm. millions of years. Um, so on the surface, though, as an organic chemist, organic chemists are going, wait, what? Because mm. if you dump iron on it, for every one mm. linkage you might form through that mm. kind of chemistry called Fenton chemistry, look it up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to have a thousand or more breaking apart. Mm -hmm. So it, it, so it's destructive more than it is mm -hmm. constructive. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but what we're finding is not destroyed or linked. We're finding the actual original proteins and we're sequencing them, uh, these proteins. So that's one. But again, with mm -hmm. the, with the iron preservation mm -hmm. hypothesis, we need to do that kind of mm -hmm. science. So that's good research to, is mm -hmm. to, is to propose theories, mm -hmm. to propose models of preservation, but no one's tested them. Mm -hmm. You, so, okay, dump your iron, your concentrated iron, because as we know, in the Jurassic, they had laboratories where you could concentrate <laughs> iron. Right. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, well, let's just j pretend that that's not a hurdle. Dump your iron on there. But then now that you've got it iron soaked, now let's test how long it can last. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the research that we want to do next. And, and some of these fossils. And we've got the, we've got the lab set up and we've got the procedure in place mm -hmm. to be able to do that next. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Some of these fossils, there's no source of iron in them, and yet we're still finding the preservation. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, some of these really early, supposedly the early flood layers, but they say 500 million year old fossils. There's no real source of iron to bathe these in, and so you don't always have that. That's that's a possibility for maybe some, but it needs to be further tested, as Dr. Brian said. But 
the uh, you know, most, most times you don't have it. it yeah. yeah, and so for those kinds of reasons, this you know these hypotheses seem to me more like mm-hmm. grasping for straws. You know, that's like we've got to have got to have something because yeah. our logic says it's this old, but we have material in it. Therefore, the material has to be this old somehow. We just don't know how yet. Someday the scientists will discover. That's where how, we're at, and that's where we're at. That I mean, so I guess it boils down to what's the big deal? Why does it matter anyway? Uh, that those are the questions we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it matter how old the blood vessels are? Why does it matter if it can't last that long? Who cares? Well, me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> count I me care. in. Yeah. You guys might care. That's an, I'm I one of care. them. Who cares? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I care because. Um, the Bible sort of stands and falls together. It stands or falls together. And so, because it links itself as one revelation. You can't treat it like a buffet. You, you can, but you, you, you're you acting psychotically when you do. <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't. <laughs> like uh, because the Bible treats itself like a whole unit. For example, we see... Um, we see well. We just we just looked at uh, Peter in Second Peter three, and he's talking to the church, and he's mm-hmm. saying, "Church, get back to your Bibles and build your worldview, build your history mm-hmm. on what the Bible teach, what the prophets have been saying, what we, the apostles, have been saying all along." And know this of first importance, says he. First importance: these scoffers are going to come, mm-hmm. and but they're willfully ignorant mm-hmm. of the flood, so they don't want a flood to have happened. Because that way they can say, look, God didn't judge the world once, so this mm-hmm. promise of him coming to judge the world again, which is part of the gospel, that's not true either. So in order to deny the gospel, they have to deny the history that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, but what we're saying is that's tougher and tougher to do. It's harder and harder to deny the flood and to deny the creation because we have such things that are now accessible mm-hmm. to us like design in creation shows that showcases creation and blood vessels in fossils mm-hmm. that show that these short-lived materials are still in there as though it was deposited recently like the bible mm-hmm. says so we have science that supports the general concept of recent deposition mm-hmm. and that fits the bible's specific revelation of a flood that really happened mm-hmm. and boom this gets right back to the gospel doesn't it because mm-hmm. if god judged mm-hmm. the world once because of sin mm-hmm. as he said he did then he can and will judge the world again, but this time by fire, mm-hmm. as he promises that he will. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to get ready for that day. We got to get. We, this is a prime importance. So yeah, count me. I, I care. This I is mean, one more thing to that. For sure, it, it confirms the historical accuracy of the Bible that there, you know, this flood event and the genealogies when you add up the times only happened thousands of years ago, and that the creation was only thousands of years ago, but these fossils were formed in the flood, and so. Flood was only about 4,500 years ago. And so really it's confirming the truth of God's word. It's confirming the, the historical accuracy of the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. That's what's that, you know, is God's word true or not? Because to can, me, it's what, what it comes down to. That, yeah, if right. you can question one part, then you can question, right. question the other. You have to say yeah. that's all, you know, just all those is poetry, like a lot of people do, but then you got to decide in Genesis, where does history begin? You know, if first part is poetry, you're like, okay, does it start with Joseph? Or where does history start? Right. You know, we feel that this confirms that the history starts at the very first verse of the Bible. This is a historical you know, document. Genesis is, is history for the most part. And it tells stories that God revealed or gets the accuracy correct because it's the inspired word of God. Yeah. And so everything about it is true. 
absolutely. So what can we look forward to as we approach the future and some additional studies that you were talking about and just things that we want to dive into? What are some things that we can look forward to and our audience can look forward to as far as things we're going to hear in upcoming years about this issue? So we've got 122 papers published, um, and we're working on publishing another one. We at the Institute, are we have colleagues with whom we're working to add to that body of literature and to that whole science. Uh, so... And we also want to add, and this is what I got my PhD in, is, is adding a new technique to characterize those, mm-hmm. those proteins that are in these bones. And so I, the work I did for that still hasn't made it fully into the literature. So we, we want to do more work on that to bring it into publication. And then we'll, of course, after we publish in the technical literature, then we come back in our own ministry materials like our free magazine Acts and Facts, and then we'll start saying, Mm -hmm. this is the latest that we've done. We're building a new imaging center, uh, Mm -hmm. thanks so much to our donors Mm -hmm. who care about this science that supports Mm -hmm. creation. And we we plan to see new images coming up in the next few years of fossil bone Mm -hmm. uh, with the proteins still in it. Stunning confirmation of the timing of of the flood. Uh, So that's just a tip of the iceberg of the things we'd like to do. Mm -hmm. Just want to clarify one thing. We kind of, I don't know if people might get the wrong idea, but we haven't published 122 papers. Right. You know, we published a few, few papers, but you, you missed, people might get the wrong idea. That, you Thank know, you for clarity. That's what's out there in yeah. the conventional literature. This is yeah. not, you know, creation literature. And, you know, it's it's hard to get into the conventional literature. Because if we published all of them. Right, we published some. Right. Dr. But, Bryan and his, and his colleagues have published some of those papers, but yeah. you know, the bulk of them are from the, People that are evolutionists, for example, but they're finding it themselves. So, so in regard to that, what do you expect that the, uh, we'll say the conventional science, uh, from that perspective, where do you think they're going to take this mm. in the next decade? Okay, so I, I went to the Society for Vertebrate Paleontology, one of their meetings. And so you get mainstream scientists. And uh, they, were, uh, they were yelling in the halls. <laughs> Oh, yelling wow. in the hallways. So there's the people that are finding the blood vessels going, look, we published a paper. Here's the images. We, we mm. dissolved away the mineral, and there's these blood vessels left. It's blood vessels. And then there's the other curmudgeons who are, who are there, and they understand a little bit about biochemistry. They're like, it can't be from the actual animal because we know it's millions of years old, and we know that the stuff can't last that long. You're wrong. You, you, you've done something wrong in your mistake. And they're like, no, we're not wrong. We did it right. You are wrong because it can't be there. No, we aren't wrong. You know, and they yeah. were yelling in the wow. hallway. That's amazing. Uh, it's, it's so, and I'm just, you know, a fly on the wall going, you're <laughs> both right. Should have videoed it. Should have videoed it. Yeah, it's a cell phone, you know. Uh, so what do I expect? More of that. More of that. Uh, I expect more of ignoring. Yeah. See, most of the scientists, mm-hmm. I went to, um, I talked to a paleontologist in, in Houston some years ago. Mm-hmm. And every time I want to take this opportunity to say, hey, you're an expert in this. You're a fossil expert. What do you think about the blood vessels that they, you know, or collagen sequence or whatever that they're finding in the fossils? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They'll say, what are you talking mm-hmm. about sometimes? And I'm like, wow, you don't know the most revolutionary. Don't you talk around the water cool about mm-hmm. these? Don't you read science journals? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You're a scientist. But, but <laughs> how much easier is it to just pre- just ignore all that. Be, yeah. be willfully ignorant mm-hmm. of the flood and even of the science that's coming out. So I expect, and that's probably the status with most 
most fossil experts, mainstream fossil experts, they just don't know what to think. They don't know the data. They haven't read the papers. They're in their lane, you know. They're, they're studying. In their lane. They're studying certain things, and they don't don't bother me with other things, type of thing. And you know, it's it's controversial it's, it's, still. Especially like don't bother said. me with the flood. What <laughs> <laughs> judgment? It's, no way. Well, as you found out, you know, there's still a lot of controversy involved in in the conventional community, and so a lot of people just they don't like to rock the boat. They're trying to finish their PhD or their master's degree and you know they just they have to kind of follow what their advisors tell them to do there's a lot of uh, compromising going on you know just to finish a, a master's or a PhD in, in any field and it's they don't want to mess you know, rock the boat by any means so to speak so that's it's, it's so that, you know and unfortunately it's not being taught like you found mm-hmm. out they're not being told about this because a lot of the professors are teaching you know whether they see it or not they're just teaching what they've taught for many many years and it's worked for all these years, why well, update my course notes with new discoveries, which they should do. You know, I always try to do that in my classes, and I'm sure you do as well. Uh, we do see, teach some college classes, and I was trying to bring in the newest and latest discoveries, but some of these guys, they don't. You know, I had professors at grad school that just, same thing they taught for 30 years. And if they ignore it long enough, maybe it'll just go away. It'll go away, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right. Well, it's, it's encouraging because I've even seen, or several of my coworkers here at ICR have seen people we're so encouraged by the information that we put out there. I remember one college student in particular, um, I think she was at one of our events, and after a talk on one of these topics showing that there is evidence out there that the Bible can be believed, that the earth is not as old as a lot of people say it is, she was almost in tears, and she just said, I've been lied to. They didn't tell me this stuff. And she mm-hmm. just was so encouraged that she could believe her Bible. She already was wanting to believe her scripture. But it's confusing when somebody's trying to tell you something that seems to seems to conflict. And she was so encouraged. We hear a lot of that. And that's in large part thanks to the work that you guys are doing and that our other scientists here are doing and just pushing forward and choosing to believe the scripture, even when things mm-hmm. seem to be saying something else. And then realizing once you look a lot deeper, it actually all lines up perfectly. It does, and that's a beautiful thing. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. We want to see Christians believe their Bibles more, mm-hmm. and we want to show Christians that there's there's solid science, or in this case, squishy science, <laughs> soft science. We want to edify the church. Yes. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. We, you know, we're, we're not going to replace your church, but we wanna, we're there to provide almost a service. We're there to show you the you know, breakdown of complex science. And the thing's a little less complex, sometimes a little, a little bit complicated. But to show that, you know, science really does, real science really does confirm the Bible and shows the truth of God's word. Absolutely. Well, uh, any final thoughts from either of y'all? That's kind of my final thoughts. Oh, okay. But well said. Well said? Yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for being here. Uh, it's It's been a pleasure uh, chatting with y'all about this topic. I know that it's it's a big one and it... Uh, it covers a lot and people are curious about it. So thank y'all. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for joining us for this episode of creation.live. Uh, we'll be back next time. Make sure to like subscribe, share this with your friends and family, and we'll see you next time on creation.live. Mm-hmm.